Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another glorious GDT Tuesday. I'm your host, Cody Coster, with me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, Cody, but I am feeling a little bit left out of your Tech Talk uh, shenanigans from Halloween yesterday. So to anybody that missed it, I encourage you to uh, find Cody's Tech Talk because he and Andy really laid it on thick. It was a a pretty good one. I think we should have you on the old Tech Talk machine and hear what you have to say about the charts, John. Uh, I really liked your uh, your nick your uh, your call handle on there. What was it? Rip uh, Rip Wheeler from Yellowstone. <laughs> Rip Wheeler, fantastic, sir. Well, glad to be here and uh, ready to talk about another GDT. Awesome. Well, I guess kind of started off as you as you had mentioned before, uh, a little bit of a a rougher start to the global dairy trade that we saw on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, you betcha, Cody. It gets a little hard to put lipstick on this one. We are down 3.9% on the composite index again. And we had a lot of, you know, there's just a negative tone there. Um, the losses were led once again by the powders. We do have some positive things to talk about here. But when it comes to the powders, whole milk powder was down another 3.4%. This is just on a, a lower and lower and lower. This will be the third lower auction in a row. And out of the last 10 auctions, we've probably been down three. So that trend continues. We continue to move lower and it continues to show us, you know, most importantly, that the number one client here on the GDT China is present, but just not accounted for in the way they may have been in the past. As we look over to skim milk powder, this was the big loser of the day, down 8.5%. And as we translate that into dollars per pound, that comes into a dollar thirty-five per pound. We came into the auction at like a dollar forty-seven on the GDT. The US market came into the day at a dollar forty-two and a half. So we were already kind of in we were a discount to the GDT, but not a huge one. Now the GDT suddenly falls down to a dollar thirty-five. So it, it went lower than the than the current spot price was. And we'll talk about it here in a minute. But the US price had to react here and probably has a little bit more reaction moving down to one thirty-nine and a half. However, uh, as we transition over to some of the fat-laden products here, butter up 0.2%. That's, you know, we can look at that and say, well, it didn't continue to move lower. And we, I think it's worth pointing out here that in the U.S., our price came into the day around 295, and the New Zealand price actually went up 0.2. So we'll call that stable. It puts their price at about 215. Our price, though, still at a huge premium to the New Zealand butter price, EU at 278. So the US came into the day as the highest price in the entire world by a long shot. And then today's steady auction forced the US, you know, from a seasonal perspective, I think we've been talking about this for a while, looking for that pullback in US butter prices that began in earnest yesterday. And then today, followed up with another 24 and a half cent move lower today on no volume. As we move over to the cheddar side, believe it or not, this was the bright spot of the day, came in 0.9% higher. As we translate that into our U.S. dollars per pound price, came in at 218. 
So that is however you want to look at it. We didn't move lower. The cheddar price actually moved higher to 218. The European price is going to come in starting this week at about 241. We'll get a little some updated prices later on in the week, but for now we'll call EU cheddar 241, New Zealand 218. US price ended the day at a dollar 96. So we are still the lowest price in the world, having quite a big basis or differential between New Zealand and European prices and the U.S. price. A steady auction in here on the the world price at that premium to the U.S. probably meant that it opens the U.S. up for some more exports here. So all in all, Cody, another negative result. However, there, there were some areas in here where we may be seeing some green shoots. I was just going to ask you about that cheese price, John. I was being the discount to New Zealand at about 20 cents, discount to the EU at about uh, 45 cents. I know it's kind of hard to track and you know necessarily talk about, but do you see quite a bit of more exports getting shipped out of our country with our price below that $2 mark, even after our spot auction today? Well, it's a difficult one to answer, as you said. I think a lot of the exports that are leaving the country now, we're, we're just servicing the sales that were done two months ago, right? Yep. And so if you go back two months ago, we were at $1.75 or significantly lower than even where we are today. And, and this is about the same price where the international price was. So we probably captured some exports. We do feel like there are some pretty decent size export orders on. Um, that are going to run through Q4. I think really what where this pertains to the cheese price, if you will, comes into the Q1 orders. We have heard there are some big exports out there for Q1, but I think people are saying, well, maybe I don't have on quite the book that I had on for Q4. So, uh, you know, I do right now feel like that that cheese market is kind of standing off on the international side and saying, I see the discount. I know I'm going to need cheese. I've got some of it booked up, but maybe I'm going to wait to see if I can get a little bit lower price out here. We'll see if that happens. But uh, I just get the sense that, you know, with the international price having caught a bid in here. Right. And, and, and the cheese market hasn't been weak. But with it stabilizing and showing that there is strength on the class three, at least uh, on what we would consider class three, I think that probably does start to bring some of those international buyers into the market a little bit. I guess kind of moving over to the butter side, would you say the same? I mean, our butter price is kind of in line with EU, still well above New Zealand. But what were you, you mentioned earlier, been seen on the CME spot auction the past couple of days, you see our butter price maybe dropping below there with the holiday orders uh, more than likely, possibly towards the end of of their the buying power right now. Well, you know, the predicting where this butter market's going to go is going to be a weird thing. I think there's very strong reason to believe that the demand season, as we know it, at least for bulk butter, which is what we trade on the CME, is probably wrapping up. There's still going to be significant retail demand out there, and that's going to soak up some cream and get turned into retail butter, uh, the retail pack. But as far as it relates to the bulk butter side, you know, the ability for these guys to buy that and chop it up and turn it into retail butter, I think if that window is not closed, it's clo getting slammed on people right now. So that's probably going to, you know, I don't want to say eliminate the bid on the CME, but it's certainly going to degrade the bid on the CME. And if I'm a butter manufacturer now, 
and I don't have a home for that bulk butter, I'm probably selling it as fast as I can make it. And that's going to put down, has already put downward pressure on the CME, but probably there's more to come as we look at it. If, you know, we futures aren't always right, but right now, December, which starts pricing in two weeks, two and a half weeks, the December contract is trading at 243 and January just south of 240. So that's suggesting there's more downside to come, right? But I, I think that can also ignore the power of what I refer to as the carry bid, you know, as you're going to get budget buyers that step in here with risk management bids and trying to, not everybody can buy spot butter, right? So they have to buy risk management if they're going to manage their risk. And I know that sounds redundant, but it, it just can't go buy it and put it in a warehouse. As they put those bids out here into the into the futures or options, looking for that coverage, if the spot market goes too far below that, there's going to be people that can buy that spot and sell futures against it and carry it. And I believe it's that risk management bid that's probably going to dictate where we go here in terms of the spot market. That's that's some good insight right there in the, in the butter market. I know that's been on the forefront of everybody's mind at least starting off this week, and we're only two days into it so far. So Right. I think, though, some of the things that I look at is here and is the skim milk powder market, and it just made a very serious decline, and, and I don't think anybody can ignore that, and I certainly won't. We were looking for weakness. This one actually came in a little bit weaker than I expected, but I'm going to stick to my guns here. Anybody that's read our newsletter or maybe even listened to this podcast for a while, we've been looking for, or I have been, uh, Brian and I have been looking for a little bit more downside here on the non-fat and skim milk powder market. And, and we were looking for $1.35 here on the CME. Today's GDT actually came in about $1.35 on the GDT for skim. So that makes me at least feel like there's more downside from today's action at one thirty-nine fifty on non-fat. I actually look at us to probably at least decline to that $1.35 area. Futures are certainly suggesting that as well, that we're going to continue to move. However, I do feel like maybe uh, at somewhere, some point in here, we may have overdone it just a little bit or are, are in the, the process of overdoing it here. Um, the skim milk powder market, as we looked at it versus whole milk powder, there was a significant premium that skim milk and lactose and butter were trading to whole milk powder. And so I think there was an adjustment lower, and I think we made the bulk of that adjustment lower where those components that make up whole milk powder needed to come into value with whole milk powder. And I think that, you know, we didn't quite do it today, but we, we certainly made some good progress. So we've got skim milk powder moving down to about $1.35 on the GDT today. And that leads me to believe that we've got some more downside action here on the U.S. nonfat market. I think we can get down to at least about $1.35. And, and from there, I, I guess I just look at it and say, we may be trying to find a bottom. Uh, when I look at whole milk powder and, and say, what makes up whole milk powder? Whole milk powder is comprised of lactose, it's comprised of skim milk powder, and it's comprised of fat. And when we put those into a ratio and create what we consider to be the synthetic whole milk powder index and compare that to whole milk powder, there was quite a, a premium that the synthetic products were trading to whole milk powder. 
So did whole milk, yes, whole milk powder went down today, but then as we look at those, the synthetics came in a little bit here with skim milk powder going down eight and a half percent. And I think that was a major adjustment that took place. There may be a little bit more downside. I'm just not ready to call a bottom yet, but we're certainly starting, in my opinion, getting into an area where you're probably going to attract in some buyers that have been sitting on the sideline and they're probably willing to say, you know what, until we get through the end of the year or until we get through, uh, hopefully get through more of this European energy and energy food, our European food crisis going on due to the Russian-Ukrainian war, maybe I'm, I'm willing to own a dollar thirty-five. It's not a dollar eighty-five. It's not a dollar sixty, but at a dollar thirty-five, I'm willing to get out there, build some inventory, and de-risk my non-fat risk just a little bit. I think we will also will see that in both the spot, but most importantly, I think you're going to start to see that in the futures market. And as you do that, you'll probably develop this the carry bid in just the same way we talked about it in butter, where that risk management bit that's out there as people seek to, to get some upside coverage is going to allow people to buy non-fat in the spot market and sell futures or some sort of risk management financial tool against it. And, and carry that. So I think that uh, we're probably going to find a bid in here. Awesome. Well, John, for this uh, global dairy trade that we had this morning, is there anything that we have not talked about that kind of stuck out in your mind going into and, uh, you know, rolling through the auction that you saw this morning? Well, there's two things that stick out to me. Um, and you'll be able to, to really genuflect on one of those better than uh, I'll be able to. Uh, but I'll start out with saying that, you know, there there's a lot of people saying, China isn't here or wasn't here. And the fact of the matter is, is that China was here and they actually had a pretty decent performance on this auction. Again, not as strong as the auction last time. And that may be responsible for why we went down, but still a positive showing year over year. And I tend to look at it to say uh, there may be some signs in here that we're, we're going to start to see the Chinese come back again. I don't want to be anybody that predicts it. You're just looking in the tea leaves and trying to decipher things. You've got the Chinese premier who was just elected, if you want to call it that, to another term. And so I think maybe some of the, the COVID stuff that uh, we've seen, you know, the, the political risk associated with that may be down a little bit. And even today, there were some articles of people suggesting, hey, the Chinese are, are, are starting to look for a reopening in March. Where, you know, that, again, somebody reminded me in the office, yeah, we're in November and that's in March. You know, that is a fact, right? If Even if even if they do open in March, that's four months. But, you know, it doesn't happen overnight and they're going to start getting ready for that and start ramping up. And you can see a lot of those supply lines or those demand lines, if you will, start to ramp back up long before the, you know, a lot of their reopenings and their COVID restrictions go down. So I think that's important. And I think as the more that becomes a reality or people start to think about that, that's going to have a, you know, start to put a bit of a bid in here. And we could even see some increased activity from the Chinese on the GDT. The second thing I would look at, Cody, and, you know, from your end of things, we, we've seen a pretty big decrease, if you will. We already saw it in the class three, right? And we're just south of $20 right now on a class three equation. 
And on the class four, it had some pretty big prices out there that have kept things afloat, at least in terms of, you know, a lot of dairy producers that are class four or, or people that are on the blend. But with class four coming down so hard in here, it starts to bring into question, okay, where is that break even again? And even though we're starting to see milk production increase in the U.S. and in Europe, what happens if we see these prices move too far lower? And does that affect milk production moving forward? So I think you're going to start to see people start to, to have that discussion more. And until that discussion is answered, you might see people willing to own dairy products at a price higher than what they might want to just because they haven't answered that risk yet. No, I think you're exactly right. And I, I think you've hit it on the head of numerous times on this podcast before of the the different avenues that we can go in, the, the tools in the toolbox, if you will, for risk management for both uh, end users, commercial sides, and dairy producers. And I, I think a good way to, you know, obviously start that conversation would be if anyone is looking for different avenues to mitigate their risk, please feel free to call in, talk to myself, talk to John, have us walk you through it and the different avenues that we go down uh, with different folks throughout the country. I, I think that's kind of the best way to obviously help mitigate some of these wild markets that we've been seeing as of late at least. Okay, everybody, we appreciate you tuning in to this GDT podcast. We will see you in two weeks, smack dab in the middle of November. Uh, but until then, have a great few weeks and everyone stay safe. We'll see you soon.